0: Welcome to A Slice of Orange, I'm Jody Balma, and I'm here today talking with Michelle Bernier about running for La Havre City Council, her experience in the community, her experience on the planning commission, which is a common path for a lot of people and want you to understand a little bit more about these boards and commissions that often are a, a proving ground for city council candidates and a way to identify perhaps the next generation of Public servants, uh, in our communities. Um, we talk a lot about the housing requirements that the state has mandated and how communities are struggling with that. You may have that in your town. Um, so we'll hear a little bit about how the, the, the planning commissions in each of our communities in California are meeting those challenges and, and, and trying to find housing locations, uh, and, and dealing with community needs. So. Let's get started. All right. So today I'm talking with Michelle Bernay. She's running for uh, La Habra City Council. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's talk about your bio, your background. How, How do you get to the point where you're running for city council? Wow. <laughs> uh,
1: this is definitely something I did not plan. And I know a lot of people say that, but I I didn't even see this coming. Um, <clears throat> I've been pretty active in the community pretty much my whole life. My parents were uh, active when we were young. Uh, my dad and my mom both did a lot of a lot of stuff in the community that we were with them. So I think it was just uh, uh, something that I just did. You know, yeah. I did not even thought about it, you know. What did and their I,
0: community service look like?
1: Uh, my dad, I believe, was a planning commissioner for our oh, city. Wow. Oh, I didn't oh. I, I didn't know that either. He was a planning yeah. commissioner. He was actually uh, had a business in the in the city. He was a lion. He was all those things. And uh-huh. then actually, he was the president of La Haber Little League for more than 10 years, I believe. Okay. So we spent our, our life on the baseball field sure. every day, all day long, all weekend long. Sure. You know, sure. so a lot of the families because of it, which is really great, you know. Absolutely. So being like super involved in the community and he'd bring, help bring out like uh, Dodger players and angels players to like Howard. Sure. We got to do all that kind of stuff. So a lot of it was neat. So yeah. fast forward, I have my son and we met my husband. He was working for the La Habra Fire Department. So they were doing like fill the boot and pancake yeah. breakfast and toy drive. So we just jumped in and then and that's kind of where it started. Like my very early twenties. Yeah. He's he like really four, four or five. And mm -hmm. then just kind of graduated, you know, to PTA, did PTA all our years. Our daughter just graduated out of high school and we've been involved all these years. I always
0: joke that PTA is a gateway to community service. Yes. And you do not even realize it. (laughs) Right. Right. You're just trying to help your kids, and all of a sudden, you're stuck there, community service.
1: And in the classroom and book reading. And then then it jumped to, uh, we we put our son in Boy Scouts, and it was like I don't know six kids, six kids. They all showed sure. up and it was doing really well. And the guy asked us if we wanted to help, you know, take over when he couldn't make it. We're like, yeah, okay, sure. We didn't yep. realize that that was going to turn oh, into a, it's thing. a huge. Yeah, my huge husband enterprise. ended up yeah. being Cub Scout Master. A friend of mine right. and uh, myself would run the groups. We're both uh, leaders. Yeah. And then we grew the group to about 87 kids, not even really wow. realizing what we are doing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then from there, it just, you know, snowballed
0: into the community and business connection and the chamber. Right. and Right. Absolutely. And then, and talk about how you were, how did you get on the planning commission? Um, well, I, um, going back a little
1: bit, I was working with uh, a planning commission. I mean, um, the La Haber Chamber and the Business Connection. I was doing a lot of stuff for them. I was building programs and uh, building membership for both of those. And um, I thought I felt I needed something new. I had felt that I had gone as far as I could with business. I wanted to create these programs so they would flourish and walk away. You know, my my idea wasn't to stay there at all. So this is all volunteer, too. I'm like, okay, I've got my business to work on. I've got my family to, to worry about. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start helping with the city. And that's where I got involved with, like, uh, Love La Habra. And we started building that. And the Tamale Festival, we started building that. We're working on Move More Eat Healthy. And the collaborative was helping with that. And then uh, somebody asked me, I'm like... I never even thought of it. What does a commissioner even do? Mm -hmm. So when I first went out, I went out for actually service commissioner because I felt it made more sense. I work with nonprofits. I've helped build programs, all that. It made more sense to me. And when I went into my interview, one of the uh, council members said, well, Michelle, if you were offered the planning commission position, would you take it? So, well, and again, I think I'm built more for nonprofits, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. like Michelle. You're not listening to me. Will you take the planning commission sure.
0: position? Sure. Sure. <laughs> right. And, and and all of the cities have these commissions. Yeah. Um, they're really great ways to get yeah. into city planning, to, to think about what community programs there are, the Parks and Rec Commission. Yeah. Oh, cultural yeah. Arts, all of these sorts of things that really make the community work. And often, depending on your city, they're mm-hmm. either appointed by an individual city council member or the whole panel has an interview, but you apply. And I, I always encourage my students to do it because, it, you know, it often brings down the median age of the commissioners oh, yeah. by having young people Involved. Oh, yeah.
1: There's been nobody young on any of these. Um, like our council. Is Almost old, nobody knows getting, they, they exist. They don't. Yeah, they don't know. And it's like if they don't know, they don't know how to be involved. And being a planning commissioner has changed my world completely. I've learned so much about the community, which I already knew from like the Move More right, Healthy program and the faith base and all that. So I've already knew we already had these conversations, but this is in our Actual documents. This is you know general planning. This is planning. This is actually doing the work, and that has just changed everything I've saw seen about the community for health and well being and underserved and you know, all of that stuff. It's amazing what you end up learning, right?
0: Right, and just a really different perspective. Yeah. Oh yeah. With lots of different information, and so often, um, you know, people on the planning commission are asked to run for city council or encouraged to run for city council. Yeah. And and has that been your experience that people? have oh, been asked several
1: times. Yeah, I've been asked several times over the years. People brought it, started bringing it up to me when I was doing stuff with the um, the chamber, and that was like, 2013, 2014. I thought oh, it's not something I want to do. I'm just here to help. You know, I've okay. got my business and my kids. My kids are younger. I have an, uh, my, our kids are like ten years apart. So I have an older son that's 27 and he's in the Navy now. And then I have two younger kids that are 18 and 20 and they were really young. Sure. And, and I just couldn't see doing that at that time. I wanted to make sure they got through, you know, junior high and got to high school, you know, all that stuff. And I right. thought, well, you know, when they get older, maybe I'll think about it. And then um, people have been asking me for all these years and then, uh, the election four years happened four years ago, and it kind of changed everything. You know, the president and you know sure. our community c- communities and our council members handled the pandemic, just all that. And I'm like, you know what? I, I can't sit aside and and not jump in and not not do this. I- I've got years of experience and so many. Boards that I've been on to help make change, but help make change, you know, for our community. And I have never seen any council member in any of those groups. Nothing. Yeah. Right. Nothing. Not involved in right. any of our city programs. Like, And they do a lot, I get, you know, on council. I'm not sure. You know, I, as a commissioner, I know what I do. Sure. But it's like, I think... As a representative of a community in the council, you really should be in these rooms to really know the information and how the community is seeing it, how it's being implemented. How are we helping people actually?
0: Right. Well, and and I think that becomes evident in some communities where um, the, the the council starts complaining because there's just hours and hours and hours of public comments at every meeting, and they try to limit that. And and I and many many others, um, you know, keep saying if you were out in the community they wouldn't feel the they would need know to, come yeah. to public yeah they comments. Would know nobody more. wants to go to public comments oh, they, yeah, want to uh-huh. the they want yeah, to feel we heard in the they want you to go to
1: if our if our council any one of our council members even if like we have two council members that are new they have no idea. They just discovered the food banks in our community. Right. My husband and I, and my kids, and I have been working in the food banks for like ten years. And right. we, you don't, if you don't know who's picking up the food that's needed in your community, how do you know to help your community? Right. You right. need to know those residents, and some come on from other cities because. Their city doesn't have it, or right. they actually have more people in their house. They actually need more food for the week. And why is it a bad idea to give people food? I don't know. Right. right. I don't know. You, you need to know these people who's getting yeah. food, who needs services, who goes to friends and family frequently for medical care because they can't travel far or because they don't have medical. Right. Where are these people? If you don't know, then you can't serve in the right, the best capacity of your position. You really can't. Right.
0: Right and and so one of the hot button issues that that i know has been coming to planning commissions and city councils is is affordable housing and and the state mandates for that and so uh, you know there's lots of people who don't want any building at all i don't know where new people are supposed to live um that seems not to be a big concern but the it state has sense. said we're not we're going to actually force cities to respond because i think what you just said about the food banks is if a city doesn't have a food bank people go to other communities and that's what's happened with housing yes the folks that have political power and will to stop new development have forced of people to move out of their community and into other places and so this kind of levels the playing field a little bit and and certainly, you've seen that at Planning Commission oh, and yeah. at Council. So, can you talk a little bit about what La Habra is trying to do to meet the the housing marks, the the, the mandates?
1: So, uh, going back as a Planning Commissioner, we have been adding affordable housing into every build, every build. And we've been—I've been on the commission almost seven years. We've been doing that since. I've been there, but that's because our new director had come in about six months before me. He was very, very forward thinking. He was younger. I really liked his creativity. He brought a lot of his background from other cities that he'd been through. through. So I think that's helped us immensely. So we had already been adding it and it came to our council recently, like uh, during the pandemic, I want to say the beginning of the pandemic before that. And our council members just kicked it aside. They, they did not want it. They kicked it back. So I made sure since I was the outgoing chairman from the planning commission, right when the COVID hit, I was uh, um, with the planning commissioner up until that following August. So I served um, three to four extra months. So I was coming out, new one was coming in and they said, who wants to be on the general plan? I do. I do, Mm -hmm. because I want to make sure that people know what we're doing as planning commissioners. I want to see how this process goes. It was great. It was I felt it was great because I know planning, but there's, of course, they put, you know, people are on there. They don't really know. They don't know the lingo. They don't know, you know, they're like outside community members. And I tried, I tried to help people understand what we're doing. So basically in that general planning meeting, you know, I'm going to put a clip of them uh, about it. Um, it came, that council had just kicked it away like a couple months prior and it came back and we had the conversation in the general plan meeting. And it was great because, um, our guys that had come out, our contract guys that come out and went over our general plan and helped us all understand what was happening. I jumped in, I said, Hey, you guys, we've been doing this without it being something that we were supposed to do. And this is how we've been doing it. This is why we're doing it. This is who we're helping. And in the meeting, um, two of the council members said, Michelle, we had no idea what we were not approving. We didn't know. Right, right. So Madrano and uh, Espinosa both said, Michelle, thank you for helping explain this. Thank you for helping this go through. We are going to have it kick back to us and we're going to approve it. And it was not even a month yeah. later. And that yeah. was because of the diligence of me being on other projects and being vocal about this for years, not just... Because I just showed up last week, and you know, right? That, and the breadth like, of experience is really important. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You need that experience to know what your community is is able to do and what it's not, how it's not right. being served, so that you can kind right.
0: of fill those gaps
1: in. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And and you know, I think you know, there's simplistic thoughts in the community that I hear all the time. You know, some some business shuts down and. And people are always like, oh, we should, the city should put in a Trader Joe's. And I'm like, that's you not how it works. You not use that just anywhere either. Yeah. <laughs> Trader Joe's does not, is not, their plans are not dictated by community members wanting it. Yeah. Um, and so it, it it does become this complicated game it of is. what's available, how is it zoned? These are not sexy things that, that you're dealing with maps and, and, and yeah. really quality of life when we're talking about What will add to traffic flows? What will add to the infrastructure? Where are the schools? Where are our city services for these new housing units? Yeah. And what people don't really know is we
1: need to. Some businesses won't even look at us if your income isn't at a certain right. age. So the reason we got Trader Joe's is because in that area, where Whittier is, where La sure. is, where La Habra is, it, the income is a little bit higher. But that's on the precipice of our our, our border. Right. But we we be it'd be great to put it downtown in La Habra to create that downtown. But sure. we don't have that income that, that's required right. just yet, which is what we all need to work on with sure. each council needs to be on the same page. And I don't know what council is on the same page, but we need a few more people to understand that, to yep. get that, to get that. And it's not us that are bringing businesses. We, we have to, people need to realize right. that that's city staff. They go right, out right. to, you know, conferences and they go to other cities and they go do research. And, you know, right. it's not just, Oh, I want to bring this burger joint.
0: Let's just do it. That's just not how that's done. Yeah, right, right. So all of that background, all of that community <clears throat> experience, and 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 service, the your experiences on planning commission. Um, oh, and before before we move on, I do think that a lot of people don't understand the housing laws of the state that cities are going to start being fined yes. if they yes. don't meet these mandates. And so, yeah, you know, and we're the, a little city. You can't afford these, that. These, Right. The, the folks that show up at public comments and keep trying to fight every single new development, it's like, okay, but but we're going to be fined. We're going to have less money for everything else. We cannot afford the fines to the state. And there, that's the carrot and the stick. And Um, we can't just accept just anything either. It has to be a responsible
1: build that's going to have multifamily use or affordable housing. And if a a developer isn't offering that and isn't even offering a cap on those houses that they're building, then what are we doing? Right. What are we doing? We're not actually building for our community and our residents. We're building for somebody else and we're building for somebody else's pocket.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know the reason that the state has had to do the mandate is because so many cities weren't following those yep. rules and just yep. having these incredible luxury development projects yes. that yeah, it,
1: were we're making the numbers worse 5 million, worse. million or 2.8 million who's going to really buy that home here right not one of us that have been in the community and they can afford it and have our children stay in the community right. that's not possible right
0: right and that and it's really met a, a crisis point yeah. And I think that's why, okay. you know, the state was forced to act to to get this because the the affordable housing crisis really is at a crisis point. It so. is.
1: It is. And we all should be looking at that and not listening to what's on Facebook or watching, you know, sure. what's on, uh, and going on in other cities. Do your work. Yeah. If, you know, look for those links, go to your city website, ask them questions, send emails to your council members, send them to us on the planning commissioner, come to our meetings. Right. And you know, we need right. more people to be more active and more aware of what, what's yeah. going on. And you can, you can, you know, downplay it or you can, you know, be a critic all you want. But if you're not involved. Right. right. I didn't hear your voice before and you didn't show up. I'd love right. to hear what you have to say.
0: We right. always do. Right. Yeah. I, and I think that that's a, a misconception for a lot of people that that don't know how how, you know, accessible these documents yeah. are and transparent and oh, welcoming yeah. people are to 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 get people involved in the process. Oh, yeah. and, um, I think so, people just
1: been to, you know, the, I think the other thing is people are surviving right now, especially because of the pandemic. People are just surviving. And I right. get it. I right. really do. So maybe we need more outreach. Maybe each sure. council member can put a group together and start talking to people about these issues instead of it being just the city down and trying to work on this. Yeah. Well, why don't we each take a spot? Why don't we each put a group together and then put a big group together? It's like, if, if we're so, engaged in the community we should be able to put together 10 to 20 people to have a conversation absolutely absolutely yeah and and
0: and is that something you would want to do if you were elected city council? oh yeah i oh,
1: yeah. already do stuff like that anyways you know especially with like business and small business small business isn't looked at it's all right. a lot of communities home-based businesses they don't right the community doesn't care chambers some do some don't but they don't see it as uh an asset because they're not going to make that big membership money off of them. Like they would Costco or Sam's right. club or, you know, home Depot, of course right. they are going to pay more, but it's the small businesses that got us through that
0: pandemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it's the small businesses that, that aren't going to be put out. Exactly. By online, right. Yeah. They've yeah. always been there. They remain. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. So what are the biggest problems facing La what, what are things you want to draw attention to? So the biggest
1: conversation in La Habra now is the budget. There's a former council member that brought up the budget. Um, that's not really an, an issue. There, it, every city has a budget issue. Every city has, you know, um, retirement issues. That's all blanketed across, you know, every state especially with uh, baby boomers retiring, that kind of stuff. What we really need to look at and people are not considering is we are an aging community. We are not growing. A lot of cities, I'm pretty sure are in the same boat, but we are not growing. We have a big, um, uh, we have a lot of residents that are aging. So we have a lot of seniors in our community. We have a lot of disabled individuals in our community that we're not serving both of them. Mm -hmm. We're not serving the way we should with more services, wraparound services, you know, care, housing, you know, consideration like that. And um, I think that's going to hurt us. And that's already hurting us now, but in 10 years, we're going to be in a really bad position because our kids can't come home from going to school or, you know, um, you know, taking care of their education and come home and buy a home. And if we're not growing and we're not right. having kids, this is not going to be a thriving community in right. five to 10 years at all. And right. Nobody's looking at, nobody's having that conversation. Why aren't we right. serving our disabled families better? Why aren't we serving our seniors better? Why aren't we looking long-term? We right. need to look
0: at that. Right. right. And, and, and it, and it has ca- a cascading effect. Yeah, it when, does. It when, does. We do, we, when we don't have affordable apartments. Exactly. People can't live in a place where they might consider buying a house if they could ever afford it. They can't yeah. even afford an apartment at this point. Yes. They can't afford to have kids. They're yeah. moving out of state for job really. opportunities. And, and our kids and, are leaving because they can't. Our, what are they going to do? You
1: know, right. an, And uh, so then our schools the start to close. Yes. Yes.
0: Then and our numbers are dwindling just in the want to
1: districts. Yeah, right. our schools are dwindling in the you know lower to K through um, yeah. eight. It's like if we don't have kids, we don't have a thriving community. Plus, right. if we're not working from city to to school district. We're not being collaborative enough to help mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. To help for housing, we're not looking at helping single moms. We have a really high rate in the, our city of single moms. We're not serving whatsoever. Yeah. Right. We really need to do that. I was a single mom. I had my son on my own and I went from city to city trying to figure out if there's anything that they can do to help me in in any way, you know, I'm a single mom. I don't, I don't know how to, you know, raise a child on my own. Who is there anybody that I can talk to a mentor, anything like that? Nothing. There was nothing. And if I would have If I would have had help myself, I'm thinking myself because I'm using myself as an example, but I know other women are going through this too. We need help with with education. We need help with uh, keeping our jobs. Medical insurance is unbelievable. And how are we going to pay for daycare and medical and go to work being a single mom? It is not not something that, and I guess if you haven't been in that situation, you're not thinking about it, right? Sure. Sure. it's like if we have this growing population, we're doing nothing to help them. Then what are we doing? Right. What are we doing as a community?
0: Right. So absolutely.
1: So I think those ne- things need to be addressed. I mean, how, how can we educate her? How we can we help her go to school and keep her job and mm-hmm. you know help her thrive? How can we do that? with Families with disabilities. Uh, we are a family of disabilities, and those resources are not around. Right. They're nowhere near. Right. Like, and we have to create those resources within each other, meaning a group of moms that are helping each other because you don't just know how to have a kid and you also just don't right. know how
0: to deal with kids with disabilities. It's not easy. It's right. very hard. Right. And it's like and I think it's so difficult to navigate systems. It is. It is. Right. To know where the resources are. To yeah. know how to access those services, to know what level of government has yeah. Yeah. access. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's a really big issue that needs for so many of our communities.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody has it. It's like, do we know do we know that the colleges could help? No. We right. Did not know that. Do, do we know that the community colleges could help? No. Right. Do we know that the Department of Rehabilitation could help? No. Right. I didn't even hear that till my son graduated. Not even sure. two years ago. If I had known sure. that, oh my gosh, the right. world would have been a little bit more different. In these right. Past, and
0: and and years. I think that that so many people just need a little bit of help. That's exactly. Just it. a little bit to know uh-huh. that they're not alone. Yeah. To know that they have a community that's that that's able to help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's not, you know, nobody's asking for for these massive handouts. They're just looking. Yeah. Or for a information, little bit
1: of, that for yeah. for guidance, Correct. for, you know, Correct. to know that you're not alone. I think that's the biggest thing I've heard out of everything I've done right. in all the community and education, because I'm an educational advocate for kids with disabilities mm-hmm. yeah, in our community. It's like the, the biggest thing is I just want to know I'm not doing this by myself. Right. Right. I don't know how to get this started. Can you help me just get it started? Absolutely. Right. Can, you help, can you help steer me to somebody to talk to? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and what I keep hearing over and over from you, this theme is like, I feel like your superpower is as a connector, that you yeah. connect people to yeah. other people, that you connect people to organizations, services, that you the connect services, people to yeah. services. That, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that that is really a need on our city council. And it's, it's not something that easily fits on a yard sign as you're campaigning.
1: Well, no. no. and but, not everybody knows how to do it because- Right, You know, we don't go into like these positions either, like a person, a council person doesn't go into this position, knowing everything, what to do, but it's like, okay, if you don't, then be willing to ask, Right, be willing to be directed, be willing to say, Hey, you know, I don't know everything. Is there anything you can help me with? Is there anything that I'm not seeing in my purview that you can add to me and that I could genuinely, that's the word though, genuinely Genuinely. be a part of. What do you genuinely want to do? Help my softball families. Great. How about the families that are in law enforcement? Great. Do they live in the city? You got to think about Mm -hmm. that too. Do our EMS and law enforcement live in the city? How can you help them? This is not very easy to be in a law enforcement or EMS and be living in your city. Right. It's a whole different experience. My husband worked for the La Habra Fire Department and that is a whole different experience in itself. It's like, yeah. okay, if that's your, if that's your area, then do everything in that area, mm-hmm. the families, you know? Mm-hmm. So yes. And then my, my whole goal to running as council member is to make sure that I attain more resources. That is absolutely what I, you know, La Habra has been this little silo for years and I'm hearing about it from everybody, even outside I want to make sure that we have even more services doing this Mm -hmm. and it's not going to end here. It's going to go on forever. And I'm trying to connect uh, younger people because why am I 48 doing this? We should have younger people really doing this so that they can hit, you know, the twenties and thirties that, you know, maybe I'm not connected with or another council member is not connected with. Yeah. Although I am, because I do a lot of the city, but it's like, we need to not, not, not think of this we need to sure.
0: do whatever we can do and however we right. can be right right and i'm seeing some really great things out of the cities that have younger people yeah. involved on their commissions running for office and and we're really seeing some great ideas yeah coming. and
1: genuine um, wants yeah. too and that's right. what
0: i think is really neat they're
1: genuinely right. want to be involved they're not like right why might I, nope. by night, you know, I just want to move yeah. in and move out? You know, I think right. Connor Trout is a really good example of that. Yeah. It's yeah. super helpful and non discriminatory. He doesn't, you know, say, oh, I'm not going to help you or anything like that. It's like, right now, how can I do it? I do it? And, yeah. and it's great though, because I'm happy to see older people go to him. Because you don't want to ask a younger person sure. for advice. Sure. Let him do it. He's already done it. Let him yeah. guide you. That's yeah. it's a really yeah. good thing.
0: Yeah. Connor Trout and Buena Park has been doing a lot of good things. And, and 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 one of the things that I really appreciate about his service is it's it's collaborative, right? It's it's bringing other yes. people and along. You it's, and I have been working on yep. new people and bringing yeah. them to the team and helping them, mentoring them. And, and I think that's something... That we really like to see in community service, that it's not people out for themselves for what they can oh, get. Yeah. But oh, to yeah. and open if you're the doors to do and
1: that to, we don't, we know it's not about just you, you know. And I right. introduced them to my two younger kids and they brought their friends and they yeah. met him also. And it's like, look at he's only what 28, 20, how old is he? He's young. He's like in his mid-20s. Sure. My kids are in their early 20s. Hello. Yeah. Right. This is what you 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 can be in a few years right. and they're already active. My kids have done. Everything I've done in the community in the last 10 years, my kids have been doing it with us and their yeah. friends. So it's yeah. like they're, they're we should not have
0: them in a room. Bring them with you. Let us right. see what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. So anything else? I feel like we've covered most of what you want to do <laughs> when you're elected, but anything else that you hope to do? Yeah. Um,
1: I would love to work on uh, legislation. I would love to work on stuff to help, um, like I said, single moms, disabled families. Um, I had talked to a young gentleman in the past couple of months, and he's talking about services for family through, um, uh, like, uh, uh, insurance and stuff for the, from the state, like you know, like medical sure. And stuff. Sure. And, you know, my kids were put on it for a while because the insurances would they wouldn't cover any of their stuff. And we were paying like thirty five hundred dollars a month. So he's asking me what when we still do, we pay a lot of money because our kids have a really rare genetic disorder and the insurances wow. will not cover it. So we have to pay a higher premium and wow. you know, to have nothing covered. Right. So we were told by social services at uh, Chalk Hospital, you need to go with like uh, Medi-Cal and stuff to help them. It didn't do anything.
0: $3,500 so, a month. Oh.
1: Uh-huh, and that's just paying for the insurance. Not, right. it's not for all of their right. medical needs. Right. That's not for doctor's appointments. That's not for services. Because the idea of these insurances, mind you, we've gone through like four or five. Oh. If we cover it now, that means we're going to have to cover it for life. Forever. Right. And how right. does that make any sense? So, you know, I would love to help change that. We have, yeah. there can't be this gray area where families are told you have to divorce in order to get coverage. Right, right, right. I can't believe I was given that option right. that my husband right. and I had to divorce in order for our kids to get the care that they needed. So ah. I'd love to work on that stuff. I'd love sure. to help sure. change that. Right. To help it change out for other families if you have you know cancer or something they don't cover all of it either and it depends on what kind and how right long and what, yeah geez. it's just it's such
0: easy. a labyrinth while you're dealing with major oh, yeah. medical crisis yeah
1: yeah and education you know if you have an iep and you're in the in school there's not a lot of help and if you don't ask the right questions you right. won't get the help that you need right Right. It's like that needs to change also. So I love to work in those areas, helping Mm -hmm. create, you know, what that's going to look like. How can we help that for our uh, residents in our, you know, in in California? How can we change that? If we're the leading um, state for all these things, this should be something that we should grab a hold of, too, and help families that are, you know, suffering. Not because they don't make enough money, it's because insurance is
0: working against us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So at the end of the show, I asked some questions. So what's the best advice you've ever got?
1: Best advice. And it's kind of sound kind of negative, but it's not that not everybody's your friend. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Not everybody's important your to know. Not everybody has your best interest. Right. And right. take a step back and think about what people are saying. I didn't know that. That was a, that was a big thing. I teach That's a hard kids. lesson. Oh yeah, and I teach my kids that now. Now I can see through the weeds. Oh yes. so that one was good. That was especially doing this stuff, especially now, you know, doing this oh, stuff. Oh sure. Like, oh yeah. I, I I never even thought about that. I thought, oh, they're really nice and they want to help. <laughs> oh, there's always agendas I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, so that one has been really, really helpful, especially in the last like four years. Like, sure. You know, working sure. with certain people and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so
0: and, and I, when people tell you who they are believe them
1: yes yeah okay. and you know yeah. i've been naive for you know my whole life i went to private school never thought about stuff like that and then it started showing up I'm like why are they doing this stuff oh okay okay, yeah. okay. don't be so naive <laughs> believe them you know if they, you see them doing something to somebody right. else they're gonna do it to you kind of sure. thing so sure that
0: was, that was interesting Yeah. What's a book you like to recommend to people?
1: Um, A book that I really want to recommend to people is my stroke of insight. I don't know how many people have read that. That is a great book. It's by Jill Bolton Taylor. She is a neuroanatomist. She's an amazing lady. I was studying. uh, So I went to school for, um, uh, psychology, but it was going to have an emphasis on a neuroanatomy I was going to transfer to either UCLA or uh, UC Irvine at the time. This is when my, when my kids first got sick. So I had to jump out of school for a while, mm-hmm. hoping to go back, but um, it's a neuroanatomist and she ends up having a stroke and she's young, she's wow. really, really young. She's probably, I want to say she's like in her forties and she loves the brain. Like I do. And she's explaining the stroke.
0: Mm. you know,
1: word for word. And she's explaining her process. And we all have family members that go through this, but you end up learning more about yourself. You le- end up learning how to stop and wait, how to let yourself heal, mm-hmm. how to, you know, treat people that, that have had medical issues that have happened to them, especially because of COVID that we just went through. You know, there's a lot of people who are living with long COVID. Let's right. give them opportunity to let them heal, but also be compassionate about that healing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we're compassionate enough about people that have had like, you know, medical situations that have happened to them or just ha- happen to have some kind of disability and we're not really in spirit of you right. know, their place. So right. that book is amazing. You'll love it. You'll really, really like it. She's done right. a few, you can find her on YouTube. She does a whole speaking on it. And, really and what's good. the author's name again? Jill Bolton
0: Taylor. Okay. It a good, time. Time. It's a good, good book. Great. And then, is there a hopeful message you can share? Um,
1: in the last uh, four years, especially during the pandemic, I was uh, packing meals and making masks and I was uh, getting vaccines for people. And it was really cool. I put out a, a request. I said, Hey guys, I need a few things for our seniors here in La Habra. And um, these are the things that I'm doing. And I put a donation link up for like masks that we're making. We made like about 6,000 masks. We gave away wow. you know, my whole family and I, we gave wow. out more than 60% and we gave them away um, to like Chalk Hospital, LA, mm-hmm. Kaiser LA, chiropractics office, local businesses, local um, doctor's offices around here, local hospitals. And I just said, you know what, you know, if you want to buy some great, but what you're buying is to help, you know, local businesses and medical facilities around here. People just started dumping money into my account. Wow. Big amounts of money. And, and, comments i'll even actually maybe i'll put up some of the comments michelle we've been watching you for years we know that this will go to the right programs and i was able to pay for meals for meals on wheels for uh-huh. people i was able to get resources that other people couldn't get i was able to do all kinds of stuff with this money uh-huh. that people just donated to me and that was like so eye-opening i know people are watching you never assume uh-huh. people aren't and- right. And it all came forward. And that was really cool to see that they trusted me one yeah. and right. that they saw that I was doing two and jumped in with whatever resources they had mm-hmm. and it all went to the right places. And they trusted me to do that. And I, I thought that was like the neatest thing right. that right. happened. And I didn't expect it. Nobody expected any of this to happen, but that was really cool. They're like, you're out, you're able to do this. We have to be home. Can you please do this? Mm-hmm. And I'd send it wherever you wanted it to go. So uh-huh. I thought that was very eye opening and very, uh, yeah. There were, were nice. a lot
0: of really, really great stories like that during the pandemic. Yeah. And I think we have to remember them. And, and, and yeah, take
1: we're, not, we're not done with it either, too. And everybody oh, walking no. around like we're just okay. And it's like, you know,
0: no, family's
1: still suffering. There's a lot of people that so are much. still. Yeah. place because they lost their job and stuff. There's a lot of people trying to climb right. their way out of, you know, a hard situation. We're not thinking about that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of us have lost
1: tons of family or friends. Right. I, mean, I lost my mom. I lost my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I lost, really good yeah. friends we've lost like in my family alone we've lost more than 14 people
0: oh my gosh and
1: around us and it's wow. like you know what how are their their families doing how, right. how are we all doing right we can't ignore this
0: no 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 the, the grief and trauma will be with us for a very long time oh yeah um, yeah so who should we know about in, in in your community
1: i was thinking about that all weekend i'm like you know what i think it's my friend gary Gary Martinez is actually has given a lot to the community and people don't know it. He's the chairman of the whole child in uh, Whittier. It's a big, really great program. That's wraparound services for single moms and uh, kids. They just build a facility and he's helped with that hundred percent. And he hasn't just been doing it to help his business or anything like that. He's been on this board for eight years. He's done some really great stuff. So I have to say, the secret advocate in your community would be great. yeah,
0: yeah. And, it's and, and, great. And, and, it's great to know there are so many people who yeah. you know are, are doing hard work for all the right reasons.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people know. Some people know, like some of us that are you
0: know that know him and are closer to him. Yeah.
1: But not everybody knows that, and he's been doing
0: stuff like that for years. And well. Thanks to Gary for doing that work. (laughs) It was great spending a little time with you. Thanks for being on the podcast. No problem. Thank you. It's been fun. Yeah. Good luck on the campaign trail.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll see you on the other side, hopefully, with a a win.
0: So as always, thanks for listening. I couldn't do this podcast without you. A special shout out to my favorite listener, my mom, Peggy Jenkins, who listens to this podcast, even though she lives in Turlock, California, and doesn't get to vote for 90, 95% of the people I talk to. Um, My executive producer, Ann Watko, who spent years talking me into this. Uh, A huge thanks to the producing team who makes this possible, Jackson Henry and Fiza Valiola. Um, if you haven't listened to Observing Fullerton, you know what to do next. Subscribe and listen to all their past episodes. As part of the Fullerton Observer, uh, the podcast team, Aruj Navid, Arian, uh, Mesa, Bianca Bravo, and our own, Jackson Henry, keep you informed about the, of the Fullerton community with their podcast. So give them a listen. They've got a great show. Thanks. Talk to you soon.